Hello and welcome to our Mutual Mastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most all-encompassing music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. In this week's episode we're going to be reviewing the new album by Slow Dive. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about but first the news. James what have you got for us this week? Uh, well, this week, I want you to kind of rewind uh, to a whole week ago, so seven days ago, when we uh, were rev- reviewing Jeff Rosen's stock, because he has um, tweeted about uh, people taking his money. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he has, basically, he's been tweeting um, his sales of his merch at certain gigs, and has broken down the merch cuts which have been taken from some venues. Um, and if you look at it, you're, you might be quite surprised. So as you know, and as we talk about a lot on this podcast, the majority of artists' income, is, a lot of the time, is from merch sales at gigs rather than the actual, the actual ticket prices. Um, obviously everything adds together, but yeah, the merch sales are a massive thing for artists. Um, but what Jeff Rosenstock is showing here is that a lot of that money is going. I think I'm I'm just going to pick out some worst offenders here um, from his tour. New York City's Terminal 5, DC's 930s Club, Boston's Roadrunner, Atlanta's The Masquerade and Toronto's Danforth Music Hall. And they took a whopping 20% of um, the merch sales and some even more for the uh, the yeah, the sale of music at the venues as well, which is, yeah, pretty crazy. And by the way, I, I can't take full credit for those ones. Um, this was also mentioned by uh, Eddie Fu at Consequence.net. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so he has a lot of support when he's tweeted this and a lot of support from artists saying they've had the same sort of experience. Some people have come back and said some of this is is negotiable and you don't have to stick with these prices and some artists are not paying uh, the venue at all for the merch. But at the same time, I think Jeff Rosenstock is quite uh, capable of um, understanding this sort of thing and he has mentioned venues on on his little spreadsheet which he hasn't paid them anything so I think he does know about that and he does know the whole negotiation thing yeah it, it's quite a massive amount and to be honest that surprised me I don't know how much it happens in the, in the UK um, but I'm sure it does happen in the UK as well um, but yeah 20% of merch sales is that's pretty insane I mean, you do kind of also think, like, if the option is there for negotiating it to nothing, it just, it riles me that venues will put it up in the first place and expect brands to either know about this negotiating offer or not. It almost feels like it's trying to trick certain artists who just don't have that knowledge, particularly, I'd say, like, up-and-coming artists who perhaps don't have that industry awareness. They're going to be forking out when... They don't necessarily have to. The venue isn't relying on that source of income. And especially if you think about the cost of creating merch from an artist's perspective already, because obviously they want their fans to be able to afford it. It's not like they're making a super high profit margin 
on their stuff as it is. So for that profit margin to then be kind of decreased even further by venues who don't require that income and will benefit from the footfall that the artists are bringing in anyway. The whole thing is so scammy. Yeah, if if artists have to negotiate for for not paying this cut, like there must be certain artists who could do that and lots of artists who can't do that, right? So it like arguing that oh, if you just just know what to say, like you won't have to do that. That's definitely not going to be true for everyone. And it you'd think Jeff Rosenstock has enough of a following to get a team behind him that could negotiate those kinds of things. But obviously that requires, you know, more people to be around unless Jeff's going <laughs> to sit there and talk to these like random venue people all day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a bad look from the, the venues. And I know that some of these venues have a difficult time staying afloat and they are important, but yeah, it just, it's not really a, a good look for the venues to be taking money from the merch sales, like rather than try maybe trying to be more competitive on, you know, sell it, maybe having to sell tickets for more, but that would kind of be okay, I think, or making the drinks and things more appealing and getting more people to make purchases in that regard when they're out. I just feel like, yeah, there are other ways to do it. And it it just seems like they see the musicians making money and they think, oh, yeah, we, we deserve a bit of that. And it, yeah, it doesn't really benefit the music community as a whole. I feel like the last thing you want to do as a small artist, just getting your know, first few gigs is like negotiate with the venue and kind of at least feel like you're, you're going to risk not having that gig anymore, not going to be able to perform your... Introducing music to new, new people, I think it's, yeah, it's a bit of a silly situation to be in. Yeah, especially when artists already struggle immensely financially as it is when you think about studio costs. And also we were talking about um, Bedroom not having been paid for a festival gig. You know, it's not like these artists are all raking in thousands every day like a lot of them are putting a lot of their own money into going on tour as it is and merch is one of the few ways that they can actually see more of a return on that so for venues to try and take that it is just wrong because they they're already getting money from the artist playing there why are they then requesting more from sales of a product they have had no part in creating? I guess their argument would be that they're like the storefront. So, yeah, it it, it maybe doesn't hold water, but that that's what they'd maybe go for is, well, we're providing a space for you to sell within. If you wanted to set up a shop anywhere else, you'd have to pay for, you know, the premises to do it. I can't be dealing with that because I'm like, if you're going to start with that, then you've got to pull out the fact that you're not providing any sort of marketing budget. The premises that you're offering this on the basis of is because there's an artist bringing people to your venue in the first place. Well, yeah, I, I'd agree, but I'm just <laughs> just playing. I don't like any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's move on to our review for this week. We're looking at Everything is Alive by Slow Dive. 
It's the fifth studio album by the English rock band, released on the 1st of September 2023 on Dead Oceans. On the Bandcamp page, it says this, quote, The fifth album from shoegaze giant Slow Dive contains the duality of a familiar internal language mixed with the exaltation of new beginnings. Everything alive is transportive, searching and aglow, the work of a classic band continuing to pitch its unmistakable voice to the future. Six years after the group's monumental self-titled album, Everything is Alive finds Slow Dive locating ever more contours of its immersive elemental sound. Whoever wrote this knows that I read out the Bandcamp descriptions and was just like, I'm going to go to town on, on this emotive language. <laughs> ever more contours. Wow. It's really... it. it I was getting flashbacks to like when I was at uni trying to write English lit essays and make myself sound more intelligent than I am. I'm like, they really pulled out the big thesaurus there. Happy synonyms. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think of this album? Elle, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Uh, I kind of thought I would. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of Slow Gaze. Um, recently, I've been on that kind of... Slow gaze? Slow, slow gaze. Slow gaze. Oh my God. <laughs> Shoe gaze. Shugazi. <laughs> Shugazi. You know, any combination of words that gives that vibe, take your pick. Um, you know, I've been enjoying, enjoying a lot of shoe gaze recently. So I kind of was like, oh, I feel like this is going to be, you know, what I'm into at the moment. And it was, but it also, there are parts of it that kind of uh, intrigued me. So there was, um, I really enjoyed the use of synthesizers. There were some almost like folk elements at some points that I really liked. I thought the album as a kind of whole felt like a really fully formed project. Um, I feel like they've had the time to fully form it and you can kind of tell like it's, it it feels very cohesive and complete as a record. And also the the themes within it do kind of feel more mature Uh understandably than their earlier stuff um and I, I like that I like that you can hear that maturity um there's a lot of there there are, I was trying to like piece together what a lot of the lyrics meant and I just kind of got too into trying to analyze stuff I think a lot of it just felt a little bit incomprehensible sometimes it was hard to pick out some of the lyrics um but that I kind of liked that because I felt like I still have more to delve into and, and more to kind of discover and unpick, um, which I did enjoy. There are certain tracks that the the vocals are really clear and that kind of contrast as well was really nice. Um, and you get these kind of beautiful turns of phrase come out that are just gorgeous. Uh, it's got kind of all the hallmarks of like she goes that you want. It's got, you know, the rapid drums and it's it's just like a really well done album by people who you can tell they've really perfected their craft at this it's it's a very neat uh kind of wrap up of that genre um but with this kind of added maturity and added intrigue which i think kind of balances it um so yeah i, re I really enjoyed this one games yeah going into this i knew i was gonna like like it well Unless they went like really left field and did something completely out of place, um, and also on like the first listen, you're like, okay, how 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 can you like not 
like this. Well, I'm sorry, there are people who don't like it, but yeah, I'm definitely one who does like it. Um, I I do think it's one of those that if you do want to listen to multiple times, it might be a situational one rather than one you can kind of throw on for any situation. But yeah, it has a great move, mood throughout. Um, it does change from time to time, but its kind of essence um, stays the same, really. It has like these lovely soundscapes, incredible tonal quality that kind of whiskies, whiskies away, whiskies? whisks you away at some points. Um, and it has this like incredible like tonal quality throughout, like the bass, the guitar, the synths. It's just felt really well well produced and kind of clean, I guess. Um, not in such a way it felt too kind of squeaky clean. Um, yeah, the instruments felt beautifully curated and the vocals, like, often... They were their own instrument, but they did often, like... They were there to kind of cut through the mix a lot of the time, which worked really well. I think the lyrics themselves uh, worked well in the context of what was going on in the music. If you take them out and kind of read them, then I think they are, like, lovely phrases. But they they kind of lose the magic a little bit, I guess. Um, at least for me. And overall, I think it was a great album. And I would definitely listen to it again, and I would definitely listen to certain songs again. Um, there's certain parts I I enjoy more than other parts, but I do think it doesn't provide enough for me as a as a project. I think at certain points it feels like it does need like an extra element. Maybe that is like an extra element, um, instrument, or um. Or maybe I need to watch it against like visuals of like a game or like a film or something because a lot of the time it does feel really cinematic and sometimes I do want kind of want that link between those two things. Um, but that's kind of me being me, I think. So yeah, overall I, I've really enjoyed it. Would listen to it again. It's just maybe there's a just a little bit of spice at which I'm missing. Yeah, I feel like this album this album feels very comforting. It feels like it's like a blanket, but maybe not your blanket, you know? Like <laughs> I feel the reason that I didn't like really click with it is that kind of like you James, I just felt like it didn't really experiment all that much. Both in terms of kind of going from what they set out at the beginning and then deviating in different ways. I feel like it it stays quite they do kind of do a few different bits, but it stays reasonably similar all the way through. And also just the the sound that they're aiming for in general doesn't really like do anything I've never heard before. A lot of the synth choices, which they do bring in a lot of synth elements into this, which they didn't really have so much on their self-titled album. They're quite conservative choices they sound nice and they sound familiar but they don't show you anything new um and i think the bigger moments on this album 
kind of lean more towards pop, which I think does kind of work, but there's no like really big memorable moments like Star Roving on their last one, which kind of really bat you over the head with being like exciting. And here, I think the album just kind of drifts by. And I, I think if you're looking for that kind of album, like something to put on, something to kind of be cozy with, I think it's it's a solid record. But from Slow Dive and after, you know, it's been six years now since their last one, I was kind of hoping for maybe something a bit more, like kind of delving into something new that I haven't heard before, but that's not really what it seems like they were going for on it. So overall, I maybe didn't enjoy it as much as I was really hoping to, but I do think it's it's a solid record. And we'll, once we get into kind of like the individual parts, there are lots of things I can pick out that I enjoyed, but overall just didn't excite me in the same way that their other albums have. Well, I'd like to talk about something that did excite me and that uh, was the kind of tonal quality of everything. Uh, I think a good song that kind of represents that or shows that off well is A Life, track three. Um, yeah, the, uh, at the start, I was kind of in, indifferent about the guitar. I wasn't so sure on the guitar, but when, like in a lot of this album, when the other instruments come in and like everything kind of rounds out. Um, especially in, in this one where things get a bit louder. Um, you have this like this big atmosphere, but it's not harsh in any way. That bass, I think, I think the bass really does a lot for it. I think it adds like a really good foundation. And I think I'm going to add another song into here, but I think, um, that next track, Andalusia, um, plays, that has a like a thumping bass sound in it, or like a bass drum. It sounds like a heartbeat, and that does the same kind of thing. It's like having these two rounded tones thumping in your left and right ear. Um, but yeah, it just rounds everything out and creates this like lovely atmosphere, which can really have like an emotional tone to it when you also have these like higher higher parts in the mix um which they just counterplay each other really well and yeah that's just something i really enjoyed about the album yeah i also really liked um a life which i kept reading as either alfie or alive um so I had to like say that really deliberately just now. Uh, I really enjoyed it for a lot of the reasons you've already said, James. I felt that kind of lyrically as well, it really tied in so, so well with how it sounded sonically, um, with it talking about kind of memories and growing older and, you know, the concept of time and like those things that are, you know, so often explored in music. They're not necessarily saying anything new with it but I think the way it combines with how it sounds tonally is done really well you get this kind of almost buoyancy of time moving 
alongside this kind of nostalgia and this idea of like memories of a person existing in certain places um and I thought that just worked so well with how they'd kind of constructed the the track as a whole um with Andalusia Andalusia face apologies to everyone I've just offended by butchering that um that was one of the real standout tracks for me because I think um as a lyric lover you can hear and decipher the lyrics really clearly because vocally the clarity of the voice is so strong that I was like oh wow um that's the outside I can really <laughs> pick out what's what they're saying um but also that kind of contrasted with other tracks where the the vocals are layered in a way that it it is harder to kind of distinguish particular words and they do become more of an instrument where it's the sound of the vocals that you kind of approach first rather than hearing distinct words if that makes sense um but on this track you get that kind of clarity and again it's kind of talking about these kind of similar themes um of like relationships and memories and traveling and kind of all of those kind of things um but with this track you kind of this why I got almost like a slight folk vibe which I really liked I felt that kind of paired really well with the kind of that's just like the vocal tone I thought it was really beautiful um and also kind of as part of the whole album I really liked that having that kind of thing bleed in and I think um yeah, well, like you were saying, where you kind of wanted more experimentation and just something more and different. I think things like that, where they could have pulled in those other genres or pulled in other sounds or kind of just experimented a little bit more like they do on this one. I think that could have perhaps made the album more, I guess, interesting as a whole. I don't really know the quite word for it. Um, but on this track, I, I really liked it as a kind of standalone track, but also within the album, having that kind of different uh listening experience um especially because other tracks are instrumental as well I, I liked that that you had those kind of different experiences track by track um but you still get that kind of overall tonal uh cohesion yeah I did enjoy the way that they brought pop sounds in in different ways across the album where on Andalucia plays it has that very like early noughties indie pop type sound to it kisses obviously has a kind of the most pop influence with big electric drums and that really clear frequently repeated chorus and then you get skin in the game as well which has a very dream pop sound and it made me think of beach house a lot partly with the tone of the drums that come in at the beginning also just the choice of reverb feels very dream uh, beach house to me and the, the keys are quite distorted as well so it all plays into that kind of dream pop sound so I felt like there were a few bits like that, but it was kind of small hints towards different pop directions rather than really kind of delving into each one. Yeah, Al, you mentioned the the vocals kind of blending back into the into the mix as a kind of instrument rather than you rather than you can like you can hear the the vocals and. Um, skin in the game. That that's that's the one where like the vo I couldn't really hear the vocals 
or the the words he was singing. I was just, it was just kind of blending in with the instruments and just being an instrument itself, but in a way which I wasn't sure if I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm kind of leaning on the fact I probably didn't enjoy it, but you can obviously tell that it was a deliberate choice. Um, because like on the rest of the album, you, you do have, you do have moments where vocals really cut through, but here it's kind of just kind of taking a back seat or taking the same seat as the other instruments, which it was just an interesting choice. And yeah, I, I do like that uh, Beach House reference. Like I, I first heard heard Radiohead at the start. Like that's not quite right. But now you mentioned Beach House. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, one moment I really like where the vocals cut through is the opening track Shanty, where the the one line that I can really pick out from it's where they sing when the night rolls in. And I feel like that just fits the sound of the song so well, kind of like L you were saying about one of the other tracks where it's this kind of hazy, fluidly structured song that kind of meanders and goes in with like different directions as it goes through, but quite slowly. And it has that kind of rolling nighttime, hazy feel to it. So I felt like that really matched the one lyric that you can actually pull out of, of what's going on yeah and no, i agree i also really enjoyed that kind of the mimicking of it um i also did pull out another lyric from the song after a couple of listens um of time <laughs> uh of time um running on and uh, the kind of night running on and I, I felt again you get that kind of the sense of movement and it also introduces time as a concept which is then so influential across the whole album um but it i really liked well pretty much all of the references to time because i felt like a lot of the songs really delve into you know how time impacts you and memory and those kind of things but sonically as well almost like trying to encapsulate the feeling of time because sometimes it feels quite frantic and moves quite quickly other times it feels like it's dragging a lot of the time it's this weird mesh of a lot of different things which is what i felt like uh, skin in the game was it, it felt like kind of a, a hybrid of of different things and i was like oh it feels like this but also that and i quite liked that across the album that you get these these different kind of approaches to, to depicting this certain i guess atmosphere um but i think it's done really well on that opening track um i really didn't know what to expect when i saw it was called shanti I was like, are they going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> completely different direction? Um, but no, it's still very much uh, shoegaze or slow gaze, if that's what you prefer. Um, but it, yeah, I do think it's a really strong opener for the album as well. It's funny you mentioned time, actually, because that first track really reminded me of like something from Hans Zimmer, especially Inception. And there's a song Inception in Inception called Time, um, which... Yeah, it's very familiar. Um, like not familiar, but it's this song's very re reminiscent of that song. Um, and just the way th the song like layers things together and just slowly swells up, it feels like a very handsome thing to do as well. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed that song because it kind of 
always felt like it was rolling on like it, it had that momentum whether it be the main tune or it's that kind of that bass that's just keeps on being um played like a very simple kind of like bass line but yeah it's, it's like when that main tune goes out that's, that's still there and it's still like carrying it along um yeah so I really enjoyed that first track and I, I think I think it kind of shows one of the main positives of the album is and that's kind of consistency I mean the kind of the consistency kind of it, it doesn't let it um doesn't let the album have more experimentation maybe, maybe more experiment it has less experimentation that we'd like but the consistency throughout like track by track um yeah i felt like was a good thing i'd mostly agree except for the track prayer remembered which i think might be one of the biggest reasons why i'm maybe more negative on this record which i just felt like did nothing really like the rest of the album i think the like you know it's maybe not doing exactly what i want from the band but actually i i think they're really solidly written songs and actually i really quite enjoy them prayer remembered i just felt like a kind of uneventful like explosions in the sky song and I just couldn't really pick out anything that that changed or or kind of moved things on. And it's it just felt so odd to come in as a second track after Shanti had set things up well. If you had have got rid of that and gone straight into a life or or one of the other songs, I th- feel like the the album would have just had so much more momentum going through. Yeah, I do agree. I I didn't mind the track. I quite enjoyed it as a kind of like sonically i just i quite liked the sound of it but i do think that its placement within the album felt strange to me i think i'd have preferred it kind of slightly later on um because yeah it does feel slightly jarring after that first track and especially because then life is is really quite strong it it just felt like a bit strange um i did also write down explosions in the sky feel like you've all been kind of saying it. I'm like yeah exactly um I also wrote down Mogwai at one point I was like it feels like it's drawing from all of these kind of vibes um which I don't mind because I like all of the artists we've mentioned um and I think James you mentioned particularly like it feels quite cinematic and especially like the Hans Zimmer vibe and that kind of thing um and I do enjoy that kind of sound where you get those kind of like swelling moments and it, it feels very evocative um but i do agree that with prayer remembered you you don't get that same impact from it it's just kind of like a oh okay that you know that's like a decent track but i think particularly from sadava i'm kind of expecting more than that track i think one other track that does do something different but does something different that i kind of like um, was chained to a cloud, um, mainly because it's like the the synth sound was different. It was more like beepy, I guess. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I I enjoyed how it was. It had that main 
higher tune and then you had that synth atmosphere in the background as well and it kind of had a lovely atmosphere that filled the whole song really um i had a like some emotion behind it um but like as it went on kind of like um kind of like prayer remembered it does feel like there needs to be a bit more something added but it, that first half was a nice little uh change for me yeah i think chain to a cloud and the slab do end the album pretty well where chain to a cloud you get yeah that nice synth texture and and that more airy feel and then the slab is kind of almost the opposite and darker with kind of bigger drums and it has like just a more rock feel than most of the other songs on the album so it, it kind of switches up to the end and i i did quite like that shift yeah i also enjoyed these track these two tracks and i enjoyed them together at the end as well i thought their placement worked really well um I also liked the the beepiness, <laughs> that kind of electronic tone. <laughs> um, and I felt that this was one of the tracks where the vocals felt very much like an instrument on Chain to a Cloud. I think particularly because of the way it's paced with that kind of electronic tone. It, it just felt like very fluid between vocal and instrument, which I really liked. And then moving into the slab, which I felt was just a really intriguing track to to kind of end on as well. Um, and it, it kind of also made me a little bit <laughs> resentful that other parts of the album, like Prayer Remembered, didn't have that same kind of impact. Um, because I think the slab is really strong and has these kind of layers to it that are really interesting and still hold true to them but just kind of have these just it, like the way it's mixed just felt slightly different um in a way that I was like oh I kind of wish that they'd push the boundaries even more on this track and on other tracks as well um but I did really like those two tracks ending the album and I felt like yeah especially with Shanti opening the album is the album is bookended really strongly right let's wrap up our review by ranking the album as always the current album rankings are down in the description for listeners where would we like to put everything is alive by slow dive for me this is tricky because i think when thing when i want to put things in the top half it's kind of I, I feel like I can kind of suss that stuff out. But the lower half, I feel like the order compared to what I would, how I would personally rank things is more all over the place. So, for example, I think this album is more consistent and more enjoyable than Bedroom. And personally, I prefer it to Baby Metal and probably Boy Genius. But then I, I think I... Definitely preferred Mandy Indiana. This is maybe a bit better than this is the kit. Maybe I'd put it just above. But then I think it's quite a bit better than albums further up. So, you know, what can you do? That's your way of like politely trying not to come out and say that the the tier list is, is an absolute shambles. Like it's it it just is. I don't think any of us are like, yeah, no, that's ideal. 
I will say that I feel like it's improved over time, actually. It has improved. And I do There was think a period where it was awful. The, <laughs> there was a period where it was it was actually like <laughs> shameful <laughs> what we'd done. <laughs> I do think it's improved and I think the top half is pretty good in terms of the ordering of things. But it is, yeah, like you said, that bottom half where I'm like it is just it's upsetting to look at and know that I had a part in that. Um, <laughs> I kind of agree with what you're saying, Will, in that I do, for me, it is kind of middle. I think I'd probably go slightly higher than you're maybe leaning. Um, I think personally, and I think also this is probably just like the mood I was in this week anyway, I would rate it kind of higher than gorillas and military gun i think i would go pretty solidly in the middle around the kind of 16 to 19 ranking i'll go 19 yeah i really don't see anything wrong with that i feel like on a different week this might have just kind of hit me at a point where i wanted something like this and i would have been a lot more into it because it it's well made it's just it very much is what it is without going too far into new things, which, you know, if you like what it's doing, you'll enjoy it. And if mm -hmm. it, if you, you're not feeling it, it's not going to be exciting. If you're in the mood for shoegaze slash slowgaze, you're going to love this one. So save it for when you're in that headspace. My initial thought was to put it just below Gorillaz. And then I started looking down at the other albums in below it and i started seeing the others and i started to query so it going there is fine i think it's Slow best dive just goes like number 19 just don't query the ones below because it... oh yeah close your eyes and yeah. say a number <laughs> it's too stressful <laughs> <laughs> right let's get on to upcoming releases for this week uh lots coming out that might be worth checking out first off chai are releasing a new album it's self-titled uh, once again on Sub Pop, I believe. Uh, I really liked their last one, Wink. I think that was it. Um, that was just them collaborating remotely and doing really fun pop songs. Um, I thought it was great, so I'm looking forward to this one. Next up, Teenage Fan Club are releasing a new album called Nothing Lasts Forever. So if you want that, that style of kind of light indie rock... That's one to check out. Uh, if you want something slightly more folky, you can check out Slaughter Beach Dogs, Crying, Laughing, Waving, Smiling, which I don't love as an album title, but um, I quite like Slaughter Beach Dog as a kind of indie folk, folk rock type act. Um, I've enjoyed their previous records. Uh, next up, if you want a dance mix, check out Fabric Presents Helena Hauf, H-A-U-F-F. Um, I've listened to a few of the singles. I don't know her music particularly well, but Fabric generally choose like really good artists to do their mixes. Um, and it sounds like kind of moody house stuff. Um, so it could be pretty good. If you want something a bit more different in the dance world, Lorraine James is releasing a new album called Gentle Confrontation. We've reviewed two albums by Lorraine James. James, do you think you can name them? Definitely not. 
One was the Whatever the Weather self-titled album. That was her. Oh. And then we did one that she released under her own name, which the name of escapes me. I can't get back far enough in the plan to see <laughs> what it was. Next up, German synth pop act Roosevelt is releasing a new album. It's called Embrace. It's his first in only two years. I think his last album, Polydance, came out in 2021. But generally, I like Roosevelt. He has good, kind of catchy pop songs that are good for the summer. Although he's kind of missed missed that this time. I guess you'll have to save them for next year. And finally, a compilation that you might want to check out. It's coming from Time Capsule, who are one of these like reissue labels, which are becoming more and more popular, I think, that do kind of compilations and put out obscure old albums that might be of interest to modern listeners. This compilation is called Tokyo Rhythm 1976 to 1985. It's a compilation of um, Japanese music that was inspired by Caribbean music released in the 70s and 80s. Um, so if you want to hear Japanese people singing over kind of their take on reggae, um, this is a compilation to check out. Very specific. <laughs> Maybe you're just in that mood. (laughs) (laughs) If you are, (laughs) you're going to be well served this week. That's it for upcoming releases and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. If you like the show, you can subscribe on your podcast service of choice. New episodes come out every Monday. You can turn on notifications if you might forget. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is... Black Classical Music by Yusuf Days. 